Psalms 95. Let's get back into it. Psalms 95. And if it drops again, we'll just reset and head back into it again. So we'll just keep doing this until it's necessary. This will be a 17-part uh, part, uh, virtual Sunday morning uh, broken down in little pieces. But anyways, uh, Psalms 95. It's only 11 verses long. We're going to read the 11 verses here and um, for the context of it. Uh, verse number one, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is great, is, for, for the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are also, are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands form the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as, the, as in the rebellion, as in the day of the trial of the wilderness. Notice, as in the day, as in the day of the trial of in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, It is the people, it is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my way. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. I want to focus on two particular phrases or two particular points of that passage that jump out at me today. And that was, when your fathers tested me, they tried me. We are at a place in our history in this country, uh, and really across the world, but especially here in America. Uh, we're in a situation where we are re-examining everything. Um, there has been a call to re-examine um, everything. We're re-examining our history. We're examining um sort of our values, we're examining, we're re-examining a lot of things. Um, and to whatever degree, that's not the point of today, I'm not going to even touch that today, but to whatever degree, uh, there, is, there is obviously some, some things that need to be re-examined. There's some things that need to be dealt with. There's some things that need to be changed. Uh, but it's part of that, too, that, um, that uh, there's a lot of things that are happening that maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago, uh, if they happened, they wouldn't be as um, as much of a story as they are now, not diminishing their value, but uh, talking about the fact that with our connected world through uh, social media and the news media, our connected world brings a level of awareness of things around us like we have never experienced before. For example, and I'm not knocking or judging, this is just an ex observation, so if you know if you know or saw this story or have or know this particular individual, I'm not, this is not a character reference on who they are. It's just a way of kind of showing some things in our current society. But uh, California, who is, uh, is finding or, or seeing a resurgence of the coronavirus as infections are starting to rise again in California. This, the county of L.A., L.A. County, which obviously if you know a little bit about Southern California, L.A. County, it's an extremely populous area. Uh, literally millions of people 
in LA County, and they're seeing a resurgence. So they had instituted a mask uh, policy that they were requiring that all citizens wear masks inside of public places. And so that had just taken place. And I believe it was the next day, there was a particular establishment, I don't want to name the name because it's it's not really relevant to the story, but there's a particular establishment and there was a lady who entered that establishment and she wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, she was approached by uh, the store management and was asked to please uh, step outside until she got a mask. And um, needless to say, this created a huge altercation where she kind of began to... Uh, for lack of a better term, pitch a fit in some ways about the fact that she wasn't able to wear a mask and mask and mask. Uh, not discounting that the employees were just doing their job. It was what the governor and the the uh, uh, the county um, the county had put into effect, and so they were just trying to do their job. But she was obviously not wanting any of it. And I, I've seen this actually happen in some of the encounters that I've had. Uh, being out in the last couple of months where we had one particular situation in Walmart not too long ago that someone entered into Walmart and they weren't wearing a mask and one of the employees that was standing there at the door just simply asked him, uh, sir, uh, you can't enter, you're going to have to go get a mask. He was upset, was mad, but unfortunately that was what the law stated, so he had to go back and get his mask. But this particular situation, she kind of fl flipped out, kind of went out of the store. There was a guy there, as always nowadays, filming it with his phone and sort of capture the whole moment. So later on that night, we watched, I saw the clip. It was a, someone had posted it. It was a Twitter, or, I don't know, Twitter or Facebook. Someone had posted it. Maybe you've seen it. It was, it was one of those things that kind of made their rounds on the internet. Later on that night, we were watching a news clip and the newsman said this, which when I saw it and heard it, he says, uh, this woman enters the store and was shamed for not wearing a mask. She was shamed. Here's this woman who was shamed for not wearing a mask. And when I heard that, I thought, whoa, 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 time out, time out. And this, again, bear with me here. I'm not going to get into the, this is not a, I'm not a political or news bashing segment. This is just trying to make a comparison so that we can go to where God's taking us today. And I thought that was quite interesting. But just simply one word, he switched the whole narrative of the story. Instead of it being, lady enters into store without mask and was asked to leave because she wasn't abiding by the policy and, and the, the law of, the, of that area, the news guy said, here's a woman who was shamed because she wasn't wearing a mask. That one word switched the entire um, outlook, the entire basis of the story was changed based off that one particular word of saying she was shamed because of this. And realizing that, that uh, a lot of our... A lot of things that are going around uh, us right now. A lot of things are happening in our world in general. And this is just bigger than this is bigger than one in one instance. This is bigger than the coronavirus. This is bigger than so the the the, the racial or social injustices. This is even bigger, and that is there's the mentality that we're in right now, where uh, there are so many different opinions that are flying left and right that just some words or uses of words can change an entirety of the storyline. You can take one story and just by changing one word or changing it, the entire story changes. And because of that 
sort of societal breakdown where we are simply right now where everybody's opinion is clouding the issue that we can't really find the true essence or the core of the issue because everybody, we live in an autonomous society, auto meaning self or singular uh, and, 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 and uh, autonomous. We, we live in a very self-autonomous society. Everybody's opinion uh, is, is given full credence. And so because of that, uh, there are so many different opinions that it's very hard for us to come to agreement on anything. Because if you come to agreement on anything, someone gets offended because you're not giving them credit. And so this whole breakdown has crept into our viewpoint of God. Whether we realize it or not, it's crept into how we view God. And really, the reality of it is this. That without realizing it today, we have put God on trial. We've put God on trial. And God now stands on trial. And the and intellect and personal viewpoints is the prosecuting attorney. The courtroom is packed. And ultimately, intellect and reasoning is the judge. Intellect and reasoning stands as the judge and society and culture is the prosecuting attorney and the courtroom is packed because we are trying to settle once and for all the God factor. And we are now of a society after thousands of years of the existence of man, we are now the society that's finally going to come to the grips and finally solve for once and for all, for all of humanity, the God question. And so we are putting God on trial, whether we realize it or not, we are putting God on trial. So this morning I've decided let's go ahead and do it. All right? Let's put God on trial. Let's just go ahead and get inside the courtroom. Let's hear the arguments of both sides. And let's hear what the jury has to say. Because if God's on trial, we might as well hear what it is. So I want to take you for the next few minutes into the courtroom. The courtroom of our world, sitting there at the table, is God. He's on trial. Sitting across from Him, I'm painting the picture today, sitting across from Him is society and culture as the prosecuting attorney. Intellect, reason, stands before us as the judge with gavel in hand, ready to strike and demand a verdict be given. The jury stands waiting to hear the arguments of both sides. The courtroom is full. People have gathered to determine, of all trials, this is the greatest trial. This is the greatest moment. This is where we once and for all settle the God argument. Let's put God on trial today. The courtroom's full. We might as well just go ahead and put it. So let's just hear what the argument is and the prosecuting attorney, society and culture, they have a list of witnesses they're going to call today. Let's hear their story. Because I'm sure that if we hear their story, we'll be able to give a full verdict on who and what truly is the outcome of God so that we can all make our final verdict. So you and I can today finally settle for ourselves the God factor in our own life. 
So let's do it. You ready? Let's go ahead and do it. So I'm going to play both sides. I'm a, I'm a one-man band today. If the internet would not kick me out, I'm going to be a one-man band today. I'm looking over here at the computer. Put my hand out there. In Jesus' name, computer, don't mess me up now. I want to be a, I'm going to be a one-man show for you today. Not a show, but one-man character. So let's get into the courtroom. Let's see how it was. Because now the prosecuting attorney, society and culture, our advanced understanding of society and culture, would like to call its first, first witness to the stand. So as the courtroom hushes to see who the first witness is, an older man walks quietly to the stand sits down there. We look at him and his hands are calloused and worn. He sits there. He's obviously grizzled by the exposure to the elements. You can tell that he has worked with his hands many a days. His skin is somewhat leathered from the exposure to the sun for day after day. Sir, what is your name? Can you state your name for the court today? The man sheepishly calls out, my name is Noah. Noah, would you like to uh, state your occupation for the courtroom today? I'm a shipbuilder. Noah, I'm curious today, what made you get into shipbuilding? Uh, well, um... I really didn't know anything about shipbuilding, but um, one day I was uh, I was at home, and um, God spoke to me and told me that I would to, was to build a ship. A ship? Why would you want to build a ship? Well, because God told me it was going to rain. I'm curious, Noah, and how has this ship progress? Gone. Well, it's gone pretty well now. We're almost finished um, putting the final touches with my sons. We've been working on it now for quite a while. We're putting the final touches on it, and uh, I think it should be done here any day. Huh? Well, okay, that's great, sir. Uh, but but tell the courtroom uh, for for a curious. Um, um, wh what was the reason why you built the ship again? Well, I built the ship because you, uh, it was going to rain. And and who told you it was going to rain? Well. Um, God told me it was going to rain. Well, that's curious. So, just curious, Noah, for the uh, for the record here today, how long ago uh, did this uh, so-called encounter with a God who told you uh, it was going to rain? Um, how long ago was that? Well, uh, let's see here. Uh, last Friday, uh, last Friday would have been uh, right about 119 years. 119 years. So you mean to tell me you've been building this ship for 119 years and now you're telling me that a God told you to build this ship because it was going to rain and yet 119 years later we haven't even seen any of this so-called rain water falling from the sky. Um, not really sure uh, what to make of this. Let's call our second witness to the stand. I think that, I think that's, uh, I, I think, I think that, let's go ahead and call our second witness to the stand. Uh, uh, sir, would you, uh, would, 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 uh, would you, would you please, uh, uh, quote, quote, quote your name for the, or give us your name for the court today? Uh, uh, my name is, my name is Job. Uh, Job, I'm curious, um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, um, uh, have you, uh, have you served, uh, this so-called God, 
um, for a while. Uh, yes, actually, I have. I've served God for quite a while. I've, I've given him all of my heart, and I've given him all my soul and uh, my strength, and I've, I've done my best to walk with him. Uh, that's, that's awesome. We're very thankful today for your sincerity. But I'm just curious today, uh, Mr. Job, um, could you uh, please state for the court uh, what, what, uh, what recently happened in your life uh, about two weeks ago? Um, well, um, um, it's still a little difficult to talk about, but uh, I lost everything. You, you lost everything. Uh, uh, explain to the court exactly what you mean, uh, you lost everything. Well, uh, well, um, um, I lost all my kids. Uh, they all died. Um, and all of my, all my possessions, all my, my livestock and all, all my, uh, all my, uh, all my animals, they, 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 they passed away. They died too. Curious. And, um, I'm very curious to this. You say you had served, uh, you would live, you'd served God, and you'd given your life to God, and and um, done everything you knew to do. And um, and I'm very curious. Um, uh, did you do anything wrong? Did you did you what would you have done to anger uh, God to do such wrath to you? Uh, please tell the courtroom why why would God do such a terrible thing to you? Well. Um, uh, to be honest with you, I've asked myself that question uh, several times, but um, I, I don't really, um, I, I don't think I did anything. I, I, I didn't do really anything to, to do it. I, I just, I did the same thing I've always done, and I'm not really sure why, uh, or why or how, and uh, this happened, but, but it happened. I, and I'm curious, uh, Job. You look like you're in a lot of pain today here in the courtroom. Uh, um, uh, would you mind telling us? Are you, are you in pain today? Well, um, well, if if you notice here, I've got all these boils on my on my arms, and they're all over my body, and they they they're very painful. Um, were you exposed to something, Job, that would have caused all this? No, no, not really. Uh, um, not really. Uh, uh, I. I uh, I, I I don't know of anything that would have happened. Oh well, I'm curious, Job. Obviously, you're in great pain today, and you're suffering, and and you've lost everything, and and you're in great pain. So, uh, just one quick thing we'd like to ask for you today, uh, uh, Job. Um, where is this so-called God right now? Obviously, you're in pain, and and he supposedly loves and cares about you, and you've done everything you know to do. Uh, and so I'm sure in this moment of great trial and and uh and weakness um that uh uh he's right there next to you. Um well I honestly um I've looked for him on my left and he's not there. I I looked on the right, he's not there. I I've looked behind me or in front of me. I and to be honest with you, I I, I can't find him anywhere. I I don't know where he's at right now. Thank you, Joe, for that uh, great, great, uh, great testimony. Thank you very much. I, I want to call my next witness to the stand. Uh, um, it, it's actually a man and woman. Uh, uh, they're 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 going to they're they're testifying today together. Uh, excuse me. Um, would you like to state your name for the courtroom today? Uh, yes, uh, my name is uh, Abraham, and uh, my name. Uh, uh, this is my wife. Uh, her name is Sarah. Okay, Abraham and Sarah. Just curious here. According to my documents. Uh, uh, Mr. Abraham, uh, that your name was originally Abram, and you changed it several uh, a while back uh, to Abraham. Can you just expound on the courtroom why you changed your name from Abram to Abraham? Uh, well, um, um, 
I was told I was going to be the father of many nations. And so uh, because of that, my name changed from Abram to Abraham and that I was going to have a son and um, my, my, I, was, I was going to be the father of many nations. Uh, okay, great. Uh, who told you these things? Were you, were you summoned by a king or did someone tell you these things? Well, no, actually, uh, um, God told me. Curious. Um, uh, and so you changed your name to Abraham. So how is the young boy? Um, well, um, he, we don't have a son. Wait a minute. You told me you changed your name and that this God told you that he was going to uh, um, uh, give you the father of many nations. So obviously you have many, many kids by now. Um, actually, no, we, we don't have any. Um, it's really bothering my wife uh, and uh, we don't have many. I'm... Uh, Mr. Abraham, uh, Miss, uh, 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 Mrs. Sarah, I I'm not trying to be a rude today at all, but uh, you look a little old to be having kids for the first time. Uh, you sure? You, you know, you look like you may have passed your prime for having children. Are you sure uh, this so-called God who told you that this was going to be the case, are you sure? Well, you know, he, he promised that he would do it, and and uh, we, we still believe. So you really believe after all these years that he's still going to tell he's really going to do what he promised to do. Okay, well, uh, I'm not sure we're going to get anywhere um, with you on that. Uh, let's just keep moving along because obviously that's a dead end. Um, uh, let's bring our next witness to the sand. Sir, can you please give us your name? Uh, yes, my name is uh, Joseph. Hello, Joe. How you doing today? Can we call you Joe? Uh, I know Joseph is your name, but we, we might if we, we call you Joe today. So, Joe, tell us. Um, um, uh, I, I noticed today that you're in uh, uh, shackles. Uh, can you give us a little backstory of why are you in shackles? Are, are you, uh, what, what's, what's what's wrong? Well, I'm, I'm actually um, I'm a prisoner. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, uh, you mind uh, stating for the courtroom here uh, uh, your criminal records here, but I'm just curious. Could you just state for the courtroom why you're why you're a prisoner? Well, um, I was accused of a crime I didn't commit, but I was accused and convicted of that crime. Oh, interesting. And uh, just for curiosity, what was the crime that you committed? Um, well, actually, I was I was um, a, a, a servant, a slave in, in the house of, of, of Potiphar and... and um, there were some accusations there, and here I am today. Well, uh, I'm sorry to Joe, but, uh, Mr. Joe about that, but uh, Mr. Joe, can you tell us, um, how did you even become, uh, were you born in slavery? Uh, were, you, were, you born, uh, in, were you born like this? Oh, what happened? Well, uh, no, actually, uh, my story's a little different. Um, um, I was just a normal boy. Um, I was number 11 of uh, 12, 12 boys, and, um, um, you know, I had a bunch of older brothers, uh, <laughs> And, um, um, oh, how is the family? Um, well, uh, I'm not really sure how they're doing. Um, oh, I'm sure. Have they visited you and have they come and visited you in prison? Have they, have they come and check, uh, and brought you meals in jail? Well, actually, uh, no, we, uh, we, we're really not on speaking terms right now. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Can, can you please give the courtroom exactly what happened? Well, um. Uh, long story short, I was uh, I fell asleep one day and I had a dream, and in this dream I saw some things, and uh, uh, it was a vision given to me by God. And I'm sorry, can you please, uh, Joe, tell us again who gave you the dream? Uh, uh, God did. 
Um, for just for identification purposes, uh, can you please let the courtroom know one more time very clearly who gave you the dream? Uh, God gave me the dream. Uh, yes, and Joe, in the uh, dream, uh, did it mention anything about uh, slavery or anything about becoming a prisoner? Uh, no, actually it didn't. Uh, what exactly was the basis of the dream? Well, on the basis of the dream, it appeared as if I was going to be on top and everyone was going to be sort of bowing down before me. Oh, well, interesting, Joe. Do you think that's happened yet? Uh, doesn't seem like it's really turning out that way. Uh, well, no, it, it hasn't really turned out quite the way I thought it was going to turn out. Well, yeah, um, uh, 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 interesting, Joe. Uh, um, so uh, you're a prisoner. How's that gone? Well, um, it's it's okay right now, I guess. It's it, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm trying to make the best of it. I, I've actually met a few friends. Uh, there's a guy, uh, um, it's Bill the Butler and um, uh, Bob the Baker. Uh, they're, we, we've gotten real, we've gotten close. Uh, they're just good guys. And so I'm just, um, uh, we're, we're, I'm making the best of it. Okay, thank you, Joe, for that. Uh, let's continue to move on. We've got a couple more witnesses here. We want to get this, make sure we get a full picture. Um, sir, can you please state your name for the courtroom today? Yes, uh, my name is Moses. Well, Moses, how are you today? Good to see you. I'm curious, Moses, uh, can you... Um, uh, please tell us today, you look a little tattered, look a little warm, uh, worn out. Uh, would you like to tell us, uh, wh where, where are you at right now, Moses? Where, can you please, it, uh, it doesn't appear to be any address on your record here. Um, it doesn't have any address here at all. Uh, it, it just says wanted uh, in connection with uh, a murder in... It appears Egypt. Uh, would you like to elaborate on that, uh, Moses? Uh, well, uh, yes. Um, um, I'd like. To, I, I don't really want to talk about that right now. Um, well, um, well, since you're not on trial, we won't ask that. But I'm just curious. Where do you live? Um, actually, really not right now. I don't have necessarily a home address. Um, um, actually, I just kind of, I just kind of roam on the backside of the desert. I'm just kind of a, you know, I just go where the where 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 the where the pasture land takes me. With my flock, uh, I'm curious, uh, Moses. Uh, um, uh, let's go back to the incident in Egypt for one second here. I, I got to get to the bottom of this. What caused you to uh, to um, to have uh, you know to break from Egypt? Uh, I, I notice here that your degree is from uh, Egyptian University, and you were raised in. Am I reading this right? You're raised in the house of Pharaoh. I'm, I'm curious. You don't look like you're of royalty, and you don't look like uh, you don't look Egyptian, if you don't mind me saying. Today, uh, can you please explain to uh, the courtroom today uh, exactly what happened? Um, actually, yes. Um, I'm really not Egyptian. Um, I, I'm a Hebrew. Okay. Uh, would you like to explain to the courtroom today what that means? Well, uh, my people. Uh, Serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, that was uh, the people in which I was born to. Uh, and my mother, um, to save my life, put me in a basket. And I found my way to Pharaoh's house. But, but my origins are with the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of uh, the God of all things. We we, we call him we call him Jehovah, uh, Yahweh. But uh, uh, that's that's the God of of my people. And uh, there's a lot of conflict. I, I, really, I don't really want to go into the whole story. Well, I'm curious, uh, Moses. Uh, this God that uh, uh, that supposedly is the great God, the supreme one. Um, why would he? Uh, curious. Um, 
You said at the time the people, your people were slaves. Am I correct in what you said that they were actually slaves in Israel, uh, in Egypt? Um, I'm curious. So the people of God were slaves in Egypt. Am I correct on that? Uh, yes, actually, that is correct. Well, um, 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 I got one more question. You've been living. How long have you been living here uh, on the uh, on in the desert? Uh, well, let's see. Uh, last June would have been about 35 years. 35 years. Um, let me ask you this. Um, in that entire 35 years, have you ever had any kind of encounter or do you know anything to be true about this so-called God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that supposedly led his people into slave? What, have you had any kind of encounter? Um, no, actually, I have not. Okay, thank you, Mr. Moses. I appreciate that. Um, a few more witnesses here. Uh, let's just keep rolling. Um, yes, ma'am. Uh, I noticed here today, uh, my next witness, uh, uh, can you, um, uh, I, I noticed, ma'am, today that you're with uh, a little boy. Uh, can you please state for the courtroom what's your name and what the name of your son is? Uh, yes, my name is uh, Mary, and this is my uh, little uh, three-year-old. His name is Jesus. Okay, all right, uh, Mary, uh, would you uh, please give the courtroom a little story here about uh, where uh, this uh, boy came from? Well, um, make a long story short, um, I was one day praying, uh, praying, who are you praying to? Well, I was praying to God, okay, um, and exactly what happened? Well, there was an angel that came to me and told me that I was going to have a child and um, he was going to be placed into me by God. Okay. And um, curious, uh, you're telling the courtroom today that this little boy that's sitting right next to you was placed in your womb by God? Uh, I'm sorry, I just want to make sure this is clear here. Uh, please, uh, everyone in the courtroom, uh, silence for a moment. We got to make sure we hear this testimony correctly. This little boy that's next to you, that you say his name is Jesus, you're telling everybody here that this is God robed in flesh? This is him right here? Well, does he float? I mean, does he, uh, I'm sure by now, if he's, he's God robed in flesh, I mean, has he done anything to, you know, God-like? Has he, you know, he's like, does he created any animals yet? Or does he like, has he, you know, parted some kind of sea or, or maybe, you know, like, did he part the bathtub water one day? I mean, come on, did he do something? I mean, oh, I know what I mean. Did, uh, did, did he create food out of nothing? I mean, I mean, of course. I mean, come on, it's God robed in flesh. I mean, has, has he done any of that? Uh, no, not, not yet. Um, okay, well, um, so this Jesus little boy here, you're telling us that this is the God robed in flesh that's come to save the world. Okay, all right, thank you for that. Uh, um, you may go now. Uh, uh, a couple more here. Um, uh, gentlemen, could you please state your name? Uh, yes, um, 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 uh, my name is James. Uh, this is my brother, John. All right, thank you, James and John. Thank you for joining us today in the courtroom. Uh, can you please tell the court today, uh, who are you and just a little bit about you? Well, we're brothers. Um, we started following uh, 
this man called Jesus, come to find out, um, he was God robed in flesh. And um, we've been following now for quite a while. Oh, that's awesome. Um, uh, let us uh, please tell the court what happened uh, uh, two weeks ago uh, when you guys had the boat trip. Well, we were actually on a boat. Um, who got? Who told you to get on the boat? Well, uh, 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 God told us to get on the boat. Okay, so God told you. How was the boat trip? Well, actually, it was quite rough. Um, um, it, it, it got very stormy on the trip. Oh, stormy. Uh, did you fear for your life? Well, actually, yes, we did. So, uh, you, you were experienced fisherman. Was, did it appear that day that it should have been a day that you should have sailed, knowing that you're a very skilled fisherman, you, you know the waters very well? Um, was it smart to, uh, to sail that day? Actually, uh, no. Well, you know what was interesting? Uh, I said to uh, James that day that uh, I told James, I said, James, I don't like the look of the clouds today. They look a little, they don't look. Look, you know, um, you know, red sky in the morning, tailor, sailor take warning, red sky at night, sailor delight. It was a little red that morning, and I wasn't really, I wasn't really keen on traveling that day. But uh, you know, God told us to get in the boat, so we got in the boat. And uh, when, and how severe was the storm? Well, in all my years of the sea, I had never seen something quite that bad. And God calls the storm. You're telling me that God who knows everything and does everything, put you in that storm. Uh, yeah, actually, he did. Okay, well, this is interesting. A uh, 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 couple more here. This is, this is good. We're building a very strong case here. Um, uh, uh, we, we'd like to bring a large remote witness in. We can't put them all in the courtroom right now. There's too many of them, but we're going to go to a remote location. Uh, we've got about 5,000 people that are all going to be witnesses today. Um, excuse me, everybody. Uh, uh, yes, um, I'd like to just ask you a few questions for the courtroom today. Well, sorry we can't have you in the courtroom today. There's too many of you, but uh, I'm curious. Why are, you all, why are you all gathered together? Well, we're gathered together because we've come to hear this man Jesus talk. Well, that's okay. Interesting. Um, how long have you been out there? Well, we've been out there for quite a few hours. And, um, uh, uh, has he, I mean, of course he's God. He loves you. He cares about you. Of course, has he offered to feed you or is anybody hungry? Actually, we're all starving. We're, we're completely parched. We, we need food. Well, has Jesus, this God, has he offered to feed you? No, he actually hasn't offered to feed us yet. Uh, is anybody having any food at all? Well, we found this boy down there. He has five loaves and two fishes, but that's not going to be near enough for any of us. Well, sorry to hear that, folks, but thanks for clearing that up, that this so-called Jesus guy would bring you out there and then let you die. Uh, two more witnesses, uh, uh, Your Honor. Um, I'd like to bring two more sisters up here. Can you please state your name for the court? Uh, yes, my name is Martha, and this is my sister Mary. Uh, yes, uh, and can you please uh, give us who you are and what your relation to God is? Well, actually, um, we've been following Jesus for a while now, and um, um, we're, we're like family. We, we just consider him. We're just like family. We, 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 we just feel a great connection to him. Uh, and that's great. Uh, it says here on the court uh, records that you actually have a brother- Name Lazare, Lazar, Lazarius? Is that it? Lazar, oh, Lazarus. I'm sorry, Lazarus. 
Uh, where is your brother today? Because uh, why isn't he here to testify? Well, he, he passed away two days ago. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I, I, I'm sorry for your loss. Um, um, I'm curious, where was your friend Jesus uh, when your brother passed away? Uh, actually, he was, he, he was, he was, he was away. Um, he wasn't with us at the time. He was actually away. Well, did you send word that your brother was sick and he was about to die and, and he needed to come? Actually, yeah, we did. And, and, and he didn't come and, uh, he, he's dead. And, um, did you have any explanation of why this could be the case? Why, why would Jesus let your brother die? Well, we, we really don't really know, uh, why, but I'm, I mean, if he had been there, maybe our brother would be alive, but but he wasn't there. Okay. And our last one, Your Honor, this is my key witness. I've been waiting now for a while uh, to bring him to the stand. Um, would, sir, would you please state for the courtroom your name? Um, yes, my name is Peter. Oh, hey, how you doing, Pete? Can I call you Pete? Um, um, uh, Pete, would you tell us just for a moment, if you can, uh, a little bit of who you are in your relationship Um and who you are in connection to God. Well, uh, let's see now. About three, three and a half years ago, I started following Jesus. Um, I was just a fisherman at the time. Uh, met him down at the um, local pier. Um, I was in the middle of sort of working, casting my nets. He asked me if I if I wanted to follow him. And I took him up on that offer. And... Um, um, that's great. Okay, Pete. Well, I'm curious. Um, you look very familiar. We've seen you. Do you really know him? Well, actually, no. I I, I don't know him. Wait, wait a minute. You 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 just said you followed him, but yet now you're saying you don't know him. Actually, no, no. Actually, I I, I was I was talking about another Pete. That this I'm, that's a different Pete. You got me mixed up with another guy. Okay, well, so now you're telling us we've all seen you. We know, we we know it's you. We've seen you walking, but now you're telling us that now you don't. Well, no, I, I don't know him. That was that was another Pete. I think you got us mixed up, and I I don't know him at all. Okay, so you're just you're denying, and you don't even believe he's at anything at all. Well, I, no, actually, I don't. Um, um, I, I I I don't know him at all. Okay, well, thank you for that. Uh, it really helps out our case, uh, Your Honor. Obviously, we can we have many witnesses that could testify that this guy uh, spent three and a half years walking with uh, with Jesus, uh, but yet today he he doesn't even say he he exists, doesn't even acknowledge. So, Your Honor, obviously, uh, this is another um, key component. I'd like to introduce this evidence into, uh, the courtroom today that this man who has been documented to be with Jesus now claims he doesn't even know him. So let's let the record show that that's the case. Um, courtroom stands silent. Now all the, all the witnesses have made their case. Obviously this looks like a slam dunk verdict. We finally put God on trial and now it looks like we're going to win the case because obviously based on the testimony, God is guilty. God is on trial and we finally win the case. But right before the case goes to the jury, the defense attorney steps up. The defense attorney Named Truth 
asks, Your Honor, can I question the witnesses? Your Honor, can I question the witnesses today? Yes, you may. Uh, Noah, today, can you, uh, you, you, uh, can we just ask, uh, one second, uh, um, um, uh, where have you been? We noticed that you weren't in the courtroom for a while. Uh, where have you been? Well, I, huh, come to find out, uh, it was 40 long days and 40 long nights of rain, but thank God I may, I followed and we built the boat and, and my family was saved and, and we're here today. Thank, thank you, Noah. Job, I, I noticed today that you're smiling, that you're, that you, you, you seem happy. You don't seem like you're in pain. Could you, can you tell me why? <laughs> I stand here today, everything that was taken from me, I now have back double. I've got no pain. I've got joy and happiness, all of that. No more loss. Now I've got double. Thank you. Uh, that. Uh, uh, hello, can you state your name? Uh, yes, uh, my name is Isaac. Oh, well, good, good to meet you, Isaac. Uh, can you please tell us who we are, who you are? Well, I'm the son of Abraham and, and Sarah. Oh, really? Uh, Abraham and Sarah, the ones that said, you're the promised child. Yes, I am. My name's Isaac. Thank you, Isaac. Uh, uh, Joe, uh, hi, welcome back, Joe, to the courtroom. Uh, uh, can you tell us, Joe, why are you wearing that uh, funny hat? Uh, we thought you were a prisoner. Why are you wearing that funny hat? Why do you look like you're dressed that way? Well, actually, you know what? I'm now second in command of all of Egypt. I thought you were a prisoner. Well, I thought I was a prisoner too, but you would never believe the story, but I went from the prison to the palace just like that overnight. Well, that's interesting. Uh, uh, Moses, uh, can you ask? Uh, um, it looks like uh, uh, I noticed that you just uh, you came down uh, for a moment. Uh, you, look, you look a little glowy there, Moses. Uh, can you please tell the courtroom, why, why do you look like you're shining? It's almost like we can't even see your face. Uh, well, I was on the mountain with God. Whoa, 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 time out. The same God that you said that after 35 years he had left in the wilderness you didn't even know? Yeah, you wouldn't believe the story. I had it, a burning bush experience. And I went back to Egypt. All the people of God came with me. And now we're, here in the, we're out here in the wilderness. And I just came down from the mountain. And I've had an encounter with God again. Thank you, thank you, Moses. Appreciate that. Uh, 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 oh yes, uh, welcome back, Mary. Um, uh, Mary, uh, can you please uh, let us know uh, how's that little boy uh, going? How is he? Well, uh, he's no longer a little boy. Um, he's a man. And uh, how is that man? Well, he's healed the sick. He's raised the dead. He's opened blind eyes. The other day. I was walking with him, and he stopped the funeral right in the middle of the funeral. Dead man came walking. Lives are changed. You will never believe it. We were down the other day at the pool. You know the pool? It was just a pool pool right down there. Down, everyone hangs out with a bunch of uh, people that are kind of sick. They hang out there. And uh, you won't believe what my boy did. He walked in the middle of all that, and, and my boy just walked over to this one Man, he'd been sitting there for years. I remember back when I was a kid, everyone knew him. He'd been sitting there for like 40 years. My my son walked over him and, and he said to the man, do you want to be healed? And the guy said, I have nobody to help me get into the water to be healed. Because you know that pool down there. You remember that pool? It has that magic water in it that when it's troubled, the first person gets in it. I remember I had a neighbor one time. Anyways, that's not part of the story. So my boy walks over to 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 the uh, to the man and he says, would you like to be healed? And the man said, uh, uh, sir, I have nobody. And you know what my son did? He told the man to get up, rise up and walk. 
And, and of course, did, did what happened? And guess what? The man got up, he walked, and he was completely healed. Th- thank you. Thank you today. Uh, excuse me. Let's go back to the live remote uh, uh, here. Um, all uh, looks like all of you here. Well, why is everybody out sitting around? Uh, all of you sitting on the hillside. Looks like uh, you're a little, little, a little uh, uh, tired. Uh, why, why are you so tired? Well, you won't believe it. We've had the best meal we've ever had. Oh, interesting, huh? Who made the meal? Uh, Jesus. Oh, well, where did he get the food? Uh, well. Those five loaves and two fishes, you wouldn't believe it. We wouldn't have, If we weren't here, we wouldn't have believed it. But he took those five loaves and two fishes, and all he did was just bless it. Next thing you know, every time we went in the basket, there was more fish and more loaves. And we've had more fish and more loaves than we want. We've got doggy bags. We're taking stuff home for later. We're going to put it in the fridge. We're going to have food for a week. And then when it's all said and done, there's food all over the ground. You wouldn't believe it. Okay, thank you for that. Um, sir, can you please state to the courtroom your name? Uh, my name is Lazarus. Excuse me, Lazarus? Uh, weren't you dead? How did you get... Was this a hoax? Actually, no, I was dead. But I don't realize it. I, I heard this voice calling my name. And when I woke up, I was in grave clothes. In, 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 in a grave. But I heard my name being called, and I got up and walked out of that grave. Thank you, Lazarus. And and finally, uh, can you please state uh, for the courtroom your name again? Uh, my name is Peter. Now, Peter, you had said before that you did not know, you had denied the fact you even know who Jesus was. Could you please state for the courtroom where you stand on the matter today? You know what? I was at a rough point, a low point. In fact, Jesus actually told me that I was going to go through that point. I didn't even believe him. I got mad at him. I I didn't think I was going to go through that, but it happened. Uh, But a couple days ago, uh, there was about 120 of us, and um, we were in this room. And and I don't know how to describe what happened, but it was just, we were praying. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there came a sound. It was like a sound coming from heaven. And it just, it was just, came in the room. And and it was like it filled the entire room we were in. And all of a sudden, we looked around and there was like these flickers of flame on top of everybody's head. And next thing you know, the craziest thing happened. We all started speaking in these languages that none of us knew. And when we spoke in these languages... It was like there was a power of God that was that was that was just I, I can't describe how amazing it was. And then when it was all said and done, there were people out on the street and they all were gathered together and they they asked, you know, they they thought we were drunk. It was so such a wild experience. They they thought for sure we was drunk. And so, you know, I talked to James and John and and I I, I you know I, I, they they told me they said Peter go out and tell them what happened. So. I stood out on the balcony. I said, hey, guys, listen, um, I know you think this is crazy, but let me tell you what this really is. And, and you won't believe there was about 3,000 people that day. I don't even know them. They came. They're everywhere. They're coming from all over the place. And that's they, they 3,000 people. You won't believe it. They had the same experience all of them did that we had.
truth finally stops, truth rests its case. The judge looks at the jury and finally says, you've heard the arguments, you've heard the verdict, you've heard the, the witnesses. Jury, would you please give us your verdict? The jury stands up, quietly walks out the courtroom, just a few moments later comes back in, having reached a quick and decisive verdict. The jury foreman stands, lifts up the paper, and reads to the courtroom, he says, Your Honor, we have a very simple and concise statement to make. We, the jury, issue the verdict. God is good. God is good. You see, when you put God on trial, sorry for a few minutes of theatrics there, trying to illustrate the point today. When you put God on trial, make sure you put him on trial with all the evidence on the table. Don't put God on trial with half-truths and unfinished stories. Don't judge God by half-truths and unfinished stories. Don't judge God and put God on trial and issue a verdict today based off Things that aren't done. Is life hard? Yes. Are there difficulties? Yes. Are there situations going on in our world that are disturbing? Yes. Is there injustices? Yes. Is there racial inequality? Yes. Is there bad things happening in our world every day? Yes. But let's not judge God by an unfinished story today. Don't let the unfinished story and half-truth of your life be the thing that you judge the verdict because you may miss God today and make a conviction, make a verdict on who God is and what God is based off things that aren't full evidence today. You might say, well, you know what? Look at the story of Noah built an ark. There's no water. Look at these guys that have looked, look at, look at Job loved God, but now his life's a wreck. Look at Abraham said they were going to have a son, has nobody. He's, his wife is barren. Look at this guy named Joseph who said that God was going to take him to the pinnacle and he's now taken to the pit. Look at this guy named Moses who's now walking around, who supposedly has come from the children of God, but yet he now is a fugitive wandering around and doesn't even know who this God is. Look at this Mary lady who claims that she had a boy and, and claimed that we all know the story. We know that girl. We know that girl slept around and got pregnant. She didn't want to just admit it. We all know what happened to that. She's trying to say that little boy was, was God robed in flesh. We all know really what happened. And, and come on. I mean, seriously. I mean, come on. Really, guys. I mean, come on. Mary and Martha, really. Come on. Where's your brother? I mean, there's no way this can be the case if God loves your brother. And of course, Peter, if anybody should be the one to tell us the truth about God, it's Peter and yet he tells us God doesn't even exist that's a story that's a verdict based on half truths and unfinished stories but we all know today we make a verdict on these cases today if these cases were tried in the middle we would come out with a different verdict God why would you let their son why would you let Lazarus die why would you give Abraham a promise and not come through why would you let Job go through so much heartache why would you why would you let Joseph become a prisoner and when he didn't do anything wrong God why would you do all of these things why 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 
That would be giving God a trial before the story's finished. But yet, if we put God on trial with the rest of the story, now all of a sudden, the verdict is changed. And now we see God is good. Can I encourage someone today with this small thought? I've come to arrive at this moment. Stop judging God and putting God on trial then the story hasn't been finished. The pen is still in the hand of the author and the finisher of the faith. The pen is still being written. The story's not done. Your story is not over with yet. I know I'm just getting a little excited, but just let me get excited for a moment. The story isn't over. God's not done writing it. You might be in the pit. You might be in the dungeon. You might be in the depths of depression. You might be sitting at the graveside of a broken dream or a dead career or a dead relationship and you might be saying here it is this is proof that God has left me this is proof that God is no good and you might have even gotten to the point where you even deny the very existence of who God is but can I tell you you're making a judgment of a half truth and an unfinished story But can I tell you today, the verdict is already in. The verdict is in. God's already been put on trial. We read in Psalms 95 that they put God on trial way, way back in the middle of the wilderness. God's been put on trial time and time and time again. And the people that have made the incorrect verdict are the people that have tried God with half-truths and unfinished stories. But those who've seen the true verdict that God is good are the ones who who have given the full case of the evidence today. We can stand here today. I can stand here today and say, God is good. Well, you say, you really say that because your life is perfect. Oh, no, 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 no. My friend, my life is far from perfect. I've got more problems than I know what to do with. I've got more difficulties than I know how to handle. I've got more things in me right now that I don't like, that I don't even know where to start. And you say, well, if that's the case, and obviously God can't be good. No, you're not getting the fool. He's not finished with me yet. I'm not going to make a verdict yet until the final chapter has been written. I'm not going to make a final declaration until he finally pins the word. It is finished. Joel is now a finished product. At that point, I will be able to look back and make a proper verdict. But until then, the only thing I can say is God is good. Forgive me today for preaching a little bit. Every once in a while, the preacher comes out in me. I know I'm sitting at a table in my basement. You're sitting in your living room, so you're like, you know, it's a little different. But come on, I wish somebody right where you are would lift your hands to heaven and say, God, I'm sorry because I have accused you. I have judged you. I have put you on trial with a half-truth in an unfinished story. I've let the lies of this world, I've let the devil tell me that you don't love me, that you've, you've left me, that you've abandoned me, that you ha- that, that you even hate me, that, that you've just punished me. And I don't even know what I did wrong and God I've chosen to listen to those lies and I've made an accusation and I've made a judgment based off those but God forgive me today because I know you are good God is good the verdict in you can put God on trial you can march every witness to the stand and you can put him on there witness after witness witness after witness but the verdict will always read the same we the jury find God is do
good. We, the jury, fine, God is good. But what about, what about Job? What about this? Yes, if you would have judged it by the bottom of the story, if you would have judged it by the second or third or fourth chapter of the, of the story, you would have said, yes, obviously the evidence says God has lost it, or God is not even there, or God doesn't care. But if you keep reading to the end, you can come up with the same verdict. God is good. I heard a story recently. Uh, it was an old fable that comes from ancient times. And the fable says this, that a young man, a, a, a man had a horse. And the horse ran away. His neighbor came to him and said, see, God is upset. Your horse runs away. Man says, I don't know. A few days later, the horse comes back with many horses. The same neighbor comes back and says, ah, you found favor with God. God is good. A few days later, his young son was out with one of the new wild horses trying to break it in to tame it. The horse kicks Breaks the son's leg. The neighbor comes over and says, Ah, God. God is angry. God. God. God is bad. God is angry. A few days later, a group of thugs, mercenaries, show up to the village to take all the young, able-bodied boys away to train them, to take them into their army, their rebel army. And when they got to the door of the house, they saw the boy with the broken leg. They passed over him. He wasn't fit to join. The neighbor came back and said, Ah, God is good. You found favor with God. What am I saying? Basically this. If you keep weighing things on the scale, one moment God's bad, one moment God's good. One moment God's bad, horse runs away, God bad. Horse comes back with many horses, God's good. Horse gets, uh, kicks my son, breaks his leg, God's bad. Oh, thugs show up, want to take my son, God is good. No, 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 God's good. When my horse runs away, God's good. When my horse comes back, God's good. When my horse breaks my son's leg, God's good. When the thugs show up to take my son, God is good. Stop judging God based off the roller coaster of emotions. Stop judging God based off the ups and downs of your life. Period. Point blank. Take it to the bank every time. Let's finish the story today. God is good. He's not good some of the time. He's good all the time. He's good on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 24, 7, 365. God is good. God's good in quarantine. God's good in stay at home. God's good in the coronavirus. God's good in the midst of political craziness. God's good in the midst of injustice. God's good in the midst of riots. God's good. God's good. You say, well, look around our world. It's falling apart. Look around. There's so much bad things happen. Yes, but you haven't seen the full story written. Stop judging God and putting God on trial with half-truths and unfinished stories. Bottom line is this today. We can put God on trial we can put God on trial in our own life. We can put God on trial in, in, in society. We can put God on trial, but the verdict will always be the same, my friend. The verdict will always be the same. And the verdict is simply this. We, the jury, 
find God is good. Can I challenge you today? Would you go back into the courtroom of your own faith? Would you go back into your own courtroom? And those of you that have already determined you know the outcome and you've already made your judgment, would you go back into the courtroom and re-examine the rest of the evidence? Don't let society and culture sell you a half-truth and an unfinished story, but let truth finish the job and take you back into the courtroom and let truth tell you the other side of the story. And when you've heard both sides of the story by every witness, then let that be the determining factor. And when you do all that and you weigh all the evidence out and you see the beginning of the story, but more importantly, the end of the story, you will only be able to say, I've come to the determination, God is good. God is good. Wherever you are today in your faith, if your faith is sky high and you've never been higher, You'll say God is good, but can I tell you today, if you're at the bottom and you're scraping and you're hitting rock bottom, if you're so far down, you're hitting uh, uh, bedrock, God's good. God's good. Because as long as he's still on the throne, as long as he holds the pen, the story's not finished. God is good. Stop listening to the lies. Stop listening to the accusation of this world. Stop listening to society tell you that God is this and God is that. And if God loved this and God cared about this, then this wouldn't happen. That, that is half-truths and unfinished stories. Because when we look at the evidence, there's one thing. We, the jury, issue the verdict. God is good. Can I tell you today, my friend? God is good. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name. Open our eyes. I bind every lie of the adversary. I bind every voice of accusation. I bind the voice of culture and society that has tried to blind us to the truth of who you are. God, forgive us that we have, we have come to the verdict of who you are based off of, un, of half-truths and unfinished lies, uh, unfinished stories. God, I pray today that you would reveal yourself to us in a brand new way today, that you would reveal to us today very for, for some of us for the very first time and God to remind some of us again that you are good no matter what it looks like in our life you are good open our eyes today open our hearts today you stand at the door and knock but God I pray today that you would open our hearts that we can see you are good you are good you are good no matter what we're going through today no matter the pain the hurt the difficulty the trial the test you are good because the story's not finished. You're not finished yet. And you are good. You are good. Let us see that today. Open our eyes that we can see that. In the name of Jesus Christ. I wish you would just lift your hands right now wherever you are. For those of you who joined me. And you would just just say those words to him right now. If you don't feel it. you don't have, It doesn't have to be emotion. You don't have to feel it. But can you just tell God. Say God you are good. God, you are good. Your, your brain's going to say, yeah, but what about this? Or what about that? Or what about this? Or what's about that? And that voice is going to creep up into you and say, yeah, yeah, he really is good. But if God was really so good, he wouldn't let you be going through what you're going through. I want you to block every one of those voices out and just say it. I mean, some of you need to say it to the top of your lungs. God is good. 
God, you're good, 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 you're good. God, 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 you're good. You're good. In my pain, God, you're good. In my difficulty, God, you're good. In my trial, God, you're good. When I don't know where you are, God, you're good. When I'm crying out and it seems like you've forgotten me and forsaken me, God, you are good. Come on, just say that right now. Tell him that. And the more you say that, you're going to begin to see God. He's going to reveal himself to you. He's going to show you who he is. There's going to be a revelation that opens up your mind. Because my friend, I'm telling you today, God is good. God is good. God is good. Don't stop. Just keep telling that. Say it. Say it long enough that you can just hear God is good over the doubt. Say it long enough till you hear God is good over the lies and the fear and the accusation. Just keep saying it. God is good. God is good. God is good. All day today, I want you just to keep saying God is good. Every time that voice of doubt creeps in, say God is good. Every time that voice of fear says, yeah, but, but say God is good. God is good. God is good. You do that today. Let God show you who he is. Put God on trial, but put God on trial with the full story and all truth. And the verdict will stay the same every time. God is good. In Jesus' name, God is good.